Welcome to From the Outside Looking In with your hosts Patrick Bannis and Andy Leoskos. Come on in. All right, everybody, welcome back. Welcome back once again to From the Outside Looking In, a show where we talk about competitive ringette, where we go in and we analyze ringette as a sport, uh, why we think that ringette should not only be just for women, but there should be a males league as well as a co-ed ringette league. I don't think it's fair. No, I'm just fucking with you. Welcome to From the Outside Looking In, where we take a geeky look at non-geek culture or a non-geek look at geeky culture whatever who gives a shit we fucking like comic books movies other shit we know what ringette is pat do you know what ringette is no you fucking don't and we'll get into that in a second we'll get into it in a second we'll talk about ringette for just one second but anyways we talk about all sorts of shit comics movies books tv shows a lot of tv shows lately we live in a quarantine world and that's all we fucking do but anyways welcome to from the outside looking in i am your host andy liaskas with me as always the igor larianov to my sergey fedorov mr <laughs> patrick bain is if i wasn't drinking this whiskey I would have laughed earlier at, at your ringette. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so ringette's a weird sport. It's like hockey. It's played on ice. Uh, it's played with, um, like, this thing that looks like a javelin, okay? You, you ever see, like, the people picking up garbage on the side of the road and they're stabbing oh, yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It, yeah, it looks like a javelin type thing like that. And there's a goalie and there's a net, but the, it's instead of a puck, it's like a ring. And you move it around by putting the fucking javelin in between the fuck. It's it's a crazy looking sport that's very similar to hockey, but it's played with a straight javelin like stick. And instead of a puck, it is a ring that you move around on the javelin stick and then take shots and shit okay. like that. And it, and it's a uh, it's I I don't even know if there's a competitive male league, but it is played primarily by women. It was, I, I don't know it. if it was like female hockey. They were like, "Whoa, it can't be female hockey. You guys can have ringette. There's no curve to the blade." Yeah, like I don't know what the like, fuck was we going need on. We practice stabbing men anyway. Yeah, right. Exactly. If anything, it's a far more dangerous tool. But yes, oh that's my gosh. that's ringette. You're welcome, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for joining. Have a good night. <laughs> uh, thanks, thanks for coming to my TED talk. Yeah, right. Exactly. This is my TED talk on co-ed ringette. <laughs> right, I'm just trying to bring people together, cultures, primarily yeah. North American cultures, but cultures. You know. Uh, what's going on with you, Pat? How you been? Ah, uh, pretty good. Pretty good. Getting um, you know, the weather's turning, and uh, so you know, the mood is turning, and. Um, and be going out and swinging the golf clubs and soaking up some sun and love is in the air. Yeah, spring has sprung. Feeling Randy in my underwear. When we were in uh, when we were kids in uh, junior high, uh, you know, and like, you know, whenever it would warm up, our uh, our principal would get on the the mic, you know, get on the PA system, and be like, 
Springtime is the time for lovers. <laughs> Please refrain from engaging in acts of... Like, he would just be telling people not to make out in the hallways at your yeah. lockers and stuff. If you can control your amorous behavior... Teacher, teachers loved throwing around words like amorous and shit. Like, when I was oh, yeah. in high school, that was, like, their favorite. If you could be a little less amorous in your acting... Yeah, I mean, it's like I'm... It's like, I don't even know how to spell that. Yeah, right. Horny? Are you trying to say horny? Teach? Nah, I couldn't. I couldn't. I, I don't. You know, back back in like junior high, I probably wasn't sure what horny was either. So yeah, I no. Was, I was a square until at least senior year. So I'm not. I'm going to admit that people. I'm no, that's open with that. That's fucking. That's good for you, man. I was yeah. just. I think you know. I figured. I figured stuff out in the shower. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, it's my soap. It's my penis. I'm going to wash it as fast as Oof. I want to. Made gym class kind of awkward. Yikes. <laughs> Yikes on bikes, bud. Oh, good more, stuff. More importantly, it's 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 uh it's just after I I didn't know that this was a thing, but I love it now. So today's the 18th of March. It is. It's my uh, father's 17th? birthday, actually. Yo! Uh, hey, yo! Happy 87th birthday to my dad. Uh, the Big Papu. Big Papu. Fucking Big Vimo. Love Sh it. Shouts to Big Vimo. Yeah, big shouts. Um, you know, the 17th of March is notoriously known as St. Patty's Day. Yes. St. Patrick's Day. Yes. For people like me that like to keep it proper. Uh, but I also I also totally forgot. I, I didn't. I never. I never put. I never put two and two together. But. Um, March 16th is also um, Stone Cold Steve Austin Day. Ooh, 316, fucking Stone Cold for life, baby. Yeah, I had I, I totally forgot about that, but once one of the nerdy wrestling groups I'm in like hit hit it with the memes real hard, and I was like, yeah, I like this. this oh, is good. fuck yeah. Yeah, so of course I'm back on the Jameson Black Barrel for this episode. Um, you know, nice, nice. What do you need to do? I'm still oh, on the uh, Diet Dr. Pepper like I am on every episode. Good for you, man. Good yeah. for you. Stay on stay on the wagon. Don't stay fall off on target. Stay uh, on I, target. I mean, it, I just, you know, being a, a geek and a nerd and whatever, you know what I mean? Like, I just realized that there's only one place for somebody like me in the Star Wars world, and that's as Porkins, and nobody wants that, right? So, you know, you got to get down to, you know, something, you know— a wedge. I'm going for a wedge. You know what I mean? Like you're yeah. not going to be Han Solo. You're not going to be Luke. I, you know, I'm right. just trying to get out. Maybe uh, Dak. I'm going to be Dak. That's where I'm going for. <laughs> no, no. Wedge is good. He's having a. Uh, I'm reading the Jedi Academy trilogy right now, and he's having a good run. He's um, he's having an amorous relationship with an alien lady. Ooh, fucking so, Wedge uh, Antilles. Yeah. So you know, General Antilles. You might as well you know stick with that, bud. Yeah, no, no, it's a good, it's a good life. It's a good life. I, I would be remiss if I did not make some corrections from last episode. Yep, we always have to, we, we fact check people. When I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. Exactly. So, uh, last episode we talked about, uh, Tom Brady. Maybe it was last episode. Mm -hmm. Well, the, everything blends together. It's like one big episode. But we talked about Tom Brady, and I suggested that he was 0-4 against the NFC East in the Super Bowl. That is not correct. He hmm. is only one and three. Okay. Uh, All against right. the NFC East. So he's 0-2 against the Giants, which is just, just ridiculous. Eli, baby. Yeah. I never would have thought it. 
And uh, he's one and one against the Eagles. Uh, there was a three-point Pats victory in 2005. That is the infamous Donovan McNabb puked somewhere during the game. Game. Gotcha. Gotcha. So I forgot about that. Uh, Adam Vinatieri hit a late field goal to win it. Um, close game. What are you going to do? You know, strong forgot, team. Forgot about it or pushed it out of your memory. One exactly. of the two. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, also, it was uh, R.I.P. Uh, Jim Crockett Jr. Uh, yes. Not Jim Crockett Sr. Jim Crockett Sr., um, who died in 73, was also a wrestling promoter. For sure. Uh, but Jim Crockett Jr. was uh, the wrestling promoter who uh, had just recently passed. Um, also, um, in a separate side note, uh, David Crockett, Jim Jr.'s brother, is a terrible, terrible wrestling announcer. Oh, is he really? I I stumbled across... Um, you you were in a YouTube rabbit I was, hole. I, I, fell in a, I, I didn't even fall in it. It just presented itself. And I hopped right in. Uh, I believe it was 1982 or 1983. Um, It was a a show called Final Conflict. And the main event of that show was the blow-off to a tag team feud between uh, the world tag team champions at the time, Sergeant Slaughter and, um, oh man, what was that guy's name? Um, he was a jabron. Um, it doesn't even matter. Um, uh, maybe it'll come to me. And, uh, they were squaring off against Ricky, the Ricky Steamboat and Jay Youngblood. Ooh. And Ricky, Ricky and Jay Youngblood had been tag team champions like three times already, but they didn't give a shit about the belts. So the belts would like, just get forgotten about. And then they just randomly like this one episode during the buildup, just awarded the belts to like Sergeant Slaughter and, um, Don Kernodal. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, that is so, a fucking, that's a throwaway wrestler if there's ever been a throw. Throwaway. Yeah, so right. there was there was a run-up to this. Um, you know, there was a run-up video to this where uh, they were, they were these guys were wrestling a bunch of tag matches. Um, in 82, this was also like one of the first um, appearances of Jake Roberts. Uh, Jake the Snake was in a tag team with a guy who looked even older than he did. Um, but in the run up, they, you know, they traded some weird, you know, some weird matches and they had to have a blow off in a steel cage. So, uh, it, the main event of this mat, the, the main event of this, this, you know, I don't want to call it wasn't a pay-per-view cause that didn't even exist was, uh, was, was Steamboat and Youngblood against Slaughter and Kernodal in a cage. Anything goes if uh, if Steamboat and Youngblood lost, they'd have to break up as a tag team. So you know what's going to happen. Oh, yeah. Uh, after 20 minutes and all four guys bleeding, uh, Steamboat and Youngblood win um, after a weird exchange where I think Slaughter had a loaded... Uh, like a loaded um Boot? elbow lo- pad or something. Oh, he loaded the elbow pad. And he, you know, he ended up getting he ended up he ended up hitting somebody and then they got rolled over on top of somebody else. And it was a terrible match, but the entire I mean, you know, I, I hate to say it, but it was a terrible match. But the worst part about it was was Jim was uh David Crockett on commentary. He was so bad. Oh yeah. I can only imagine. Dave, I, I've never seen I haven't seen a lot of David Crockett uh commentary. Uh, definitely not one of my favorites though, from what I remember. Yeah. He's yeah, no, he was, he's no JR. Oh no. So he was, so he 
was ultimately he was teamed up with Tony Schiavone in some of the studio shows that they had they were doing. And then ultimately he got replaced by Jr. Yeah. Um, thank goodness, because he was he was the shits. Yeah. So I think one of my favorite. Uh, so I always like Tony Schiavone. I, I don't know what you wind up in a rabbit hole. Then you drag me into the rabbit hole. But I really liked uh, uh, Jr. and Jerry the King Waller. Uh, I thought they were a great announcing duo. You know what they I mean? They were vibing in the late 90s. Oh, for sure, man. For sure. Totally agree. Fuck it. Who are some of your favorite wrestler announcers? Uh, sweet, <laughs> sweet Lou, you got any, uh, any comments there? Uh, you may want to ping RC on that one. See if, uh, RC is another dude we work with, uh, fucking right huge on. wrestling fan. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Um, who, remember, uh, fuck. I, do we really need to talk about fucking when, uh, Owen, Owen Hart fucking died and it was like JR and, and oh, fucking. I saw they, that. I was uh, watching that pay-per-view. Oh yeah, they kept the fucking pay per view going. Is crazy. Yeah, what was, it was the awful. What, what was the name of his fucking character? The blue, um, the blue blazer, the blue blazer. Oh Jesus, that was what fucking, a mess. What a mess. Owen Hart, fucking legend, fucking rip. You know what I mean? Um, but the way that they did him, like after Brett had left, like I felt like the blue ba- blazer, all that shit was just to kind of like fucking poke fun at like one of the most fucking solid workers to ever fucking wrestle. Oh yeah, yeah he was. A, I, he was. A, he was a solid worker. There was a great. There's a. There's a. There's a debate to be had about who was, who was actually the better wrestler, Bret Hart or Owen Hart. Yeah, well, yeah exactly. I, I, I think there's a strong debate there for yeah. sure. Owen was fucking amazing. He really yeah. was. He really was. Really good. Really good. So yeah, it was. It was incredibly sad. So yeah, I remember watching that as a kid. Like we, you know, we would rent that. We would get the pay per views and stuff. And oh man, just just such a mess. Oh, it was fucking, it was terrible. One of the saddest days ever. And like, it couldn't have happened to literally a nicer human being, especially in the True. wrestling world. Like Owen Hart, one of the fucking just sweethearts of wrestling. Yeah. yeah I mean? Watch uh, watch the dark side of the ring episode. Oh yeah. Or, uh, on him. That was, that was excellent. Yeah. That whole series. They need to make a season three of that because oh, that's sh- no, it's coming. Oh, that's great. Cause that show oh, yeah, is coming. fucking fantastic. That yeah, show yeah, they're, is they're fantastic. Yeah, I forget. Um, like they did. I, I did see that they talked to Jim Ross about um, some. I, I'm not sure who's. I'm not sure who all is going to be involved in it because I'm not sure. I forget who. I forget. I forget everybody in the first season. So I'm wondering. Correct me if I'm wrong, but um, I think that Bruiser Brody is going to be one of the episodes that they do. Well, Bruiser Brody was uh, was, oh, was he a, one? Yeah, he was an episode in the first season. Okay. Okay. So. Okay. Uh, I know Mick Foley was like the main producer of season one. And then I think Chris Jericho was heavily Chris Jericho and uh, Jim Cornette were heavily involved in season two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. I yeah, didn't but, realize they were, it was seasons one and two. I didn't, I just, to me, it was all just one big blur. Yeah. Yeah. They, they did. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Season one, they did do an episode on Bruiser Brody. Okay. And uh, yeah, I mean, fucking Vader, Invader definitely fucking killed him. I like, yeah, there's oh, no, yeah, for they, sure. There's no, no, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. Yeah, there's no. It was that 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 it was a it was a it was a strange strange night in Puerto Rico for sure. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. So Pat, other than fucking wrestling YouTube, I I still think at some point we should just do a fucking wrestling episode. It's I coming, think, dude. I think we should we could talk for an hour for hit us up on Facebook if you'd like to hear fucking Pat and I jamble on for like forty five minutes only about wrestling. 
Oh, yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah, you know what I mean? But other than fucking uh, wrestling shit and fucking tragedy and correcting ourselves, what's going on in the world today? So, you know, uh, some of the comic uh, stories and art of our way, way, way back youth um, is, you know, very highly revered to us. Yes. Um, but I, you know, I didn't know, but uh, it uh, it got canceled. Yeah. Yeah. The cancel came for it, allegedly. So it is kind uh, of sexist as fuck though. <laughs> yeah. So uh you know, one of our favorite storytellers, Dr. Seuss. Yes. Um, you know, who didn't have all the little hardcover books where like the covers were actually thicker than the actual interior yes. paper uh, 100%. in the story. Um who didn't have all these books in their youth. But um, apparently he was canceled, allegedly. Yes. Um, After writing one fish, two fish, red fish, Jew fish. What? <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I don't know where this, I, I don't even know where to start with this. Um, uh, I'm going to try and start. I'm going to try and plant, go through this as easy, as best as I can, because it's such a it's such a ridiculous story. It's the dumbest thing ever. It Super really dumb. Is. Yeah. So there's a there's a read across America Day. It happens once every year. It typically aligns with um, Dr. Seuss, Dr. Geisel, um, Dr. Seuss's birthday. Um, he passed in 91. So it's like he's been, you know, it doesn't have anything to do with him. He can't, you know, he's been dead for 30 years. Right. Um. Uh, over the years, they've you know they've been kind of kind of phasing out the heavy heavy alliance or not alliance, but like the heavy reference to Dr. Seuss. Right, Read Across America Day could be anything. There's a lot of books, right? Sure. There, you know, in the 30 years since he passed, there's probably been like a billion books written. Yep. So it's been gradually kind of phased out. Um, this year, allegedly, you know, President Biden didn't make reference to Dr. Seuss at all. Um, and like one school district in Virginia, um, like banned all the books entirely. They were just like, forget it. Now, you know, that's, uh, that, I, that's, I, that's I, overboard in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, fucking cat in the hat, Grinch, fucking green eggs and ham. Fucking fantastic. I, I agree. Fantastic. I agree. Yeah. But, I mean, but, um, you know, one school district in the nation does not a cancel make, Nope. Um, but and there's, also, there's definitely some racist ass shit in fucking Doctor. Yeah, we're Seuss gonna get books. to that for yeah. sure. We're gonna yeah. Um, the the family, I guess I I I don't know how to the the company or the family that oversees the Doctor Seuss label decided uh, actually last year that they were gonna discontinue six books um, that he'd written because. Um, some of the artwork uh, and some of the writings had had you know kind of racist caricatures, right? Um, yeah. Like deeply African um, stereotypes and Asian stereotypes that had already been kind of cleaned up in more recent versions of the book, um, but some of the books were you know completely removed altogether. Um, I think, uh, and to think that I saw it on Mulberry Street. Uh, if I ran the zoo, those two books in particular were, were, were discontinued. They were discontinued, right? Yes. Um, nobody stopped. They didn't stop making all the books. They just stopped making a couple of the books. The other books, some of the other books, uh, McElligot's Pool, uh, 
On Beyond Zebra, Scrambled Eggs Super, and The Cat's Quizzer were also discontinued. They were just discontinued. Um, some of the books hadn't been in print in years. Yep. So, of course, apparently this is enough to freak out uh, a segment of the populace. Oh, yeah. And yeah. a segment of the media that has nothing better to say, apparently. And so everybody lost their minds. Um, you know, once again, this isn't a thing. This cancel culture bit is not a thing. Right. Um, the family that runs the publishing company decided to stop printing two books and just discontinued four books that they hadn't printed in years. Right. Um, and, and, and it's fine. And, and their belief is that Dr. Seuss, Dr. S Dr. Geisel would have wanted it this way anyway, because of his stance. Anyway, he was in, he was a very anti-racist type of person. He yeah, was, no, he wasn't a horrible piece of shit. Dr. Oh, no, Seuss. no, no, he no, was, he's, he's a good guy for sure. Yeah. Yeah. He, he did, um, he did like editorial cartoons back in like the like the, the 20s or the 30s about uh, criticizing America's um, resistance to entering into the World War. Yeah. So yep. he was he was very much into, you know, helping people, um, protecting the environment, being not being a racist, not, you know, so all that stuff. So it's just it's just ridiculous. Right. Um, and it's know, and and some of the you know, it's like some of it it's it's not necessarily cancel culture right like i mean nobody's nobody wants to cancel anything but i mean at the same time like there's there are some racist images in these books right like there's there's you know reference to chinese no, they're people. caricatures they're, they're yeah, caricatures for sure yeah just, yeah i mean they are. a china man eats with sticks right and like and and, and it is what it is you know it, you know it, it's hard not to be like, well, it was 1920, things were different. They definitely were. But but the people defending it today, like I saw somebody post on Facebook, right? And, you know, it's, it's you know, some people drink the Kool-Aid hard. And and the picture of of this person, right, is like, I mean, it's colored as fucking bright pastel yellow as it can get. You know what I mean? They have the long fucking, you know, the chin dynasty ponytail right like like the q right like you know whatever whatever that's called right and like the the hat and then the shoes with the wooden platforms and you know what i mean and he's like well i i don't get what's so offensive about this the guy that makes my sushi looks like this and i'm like no he fucking doesn't dude first of all this is, this is clearly a caricature uh, uh and a, inappropriate racist character of a chinese yeah. person sushi is japanese the dude behind your fucking sushi bar does not look like this he does yeah, and, and if he does then you're just fucking you're kind of yeah you're kind of being a little yeah. racist there bud yeah you know? so i mean you know this the funny thing is that a couple of the most recent the most recent instances that people have suggested are quote unquote cancel culture are really just uh, essentially capitalism. Like this is what capitalism is, right? Yeah. Right. So, this, this is no longer profitable. It's right. done. Right. So, so Dr. Seuss enterprises, that's, that's actually the brand. Um, they decided they wanted to, um, you know, curate the list of titles that they produce and they want, and they, you know, and look, and a lot of people do, a lot of people are, a lot of companies are like this. Racism is not good for the brand. Right. And so this is what they've done. They've called some of the books that they, you know, either stopped making a long time ago or don't sell a lot of. I think one of the books 
I think one of the books sold like 5,000 copies last year. But like Green Eggs and Ham sells like 20 times that much. You know what I mean? Or 20 right. or 30 times that. So it's just, that's their prerogative. They're allowed to discontinue the books if you want. Um, of course, after this, um, everyone raced to like Amazon and bought all the Dr. Seuss books. So it's like, not only not only did people like get mad at Dr. Seuss, they also funneled a ton of money to them. I yeah, don't understand. I, I, it's the dumbest fucking thing. I, I It's, oh my God, people love to get excited. And like the whole like, Dr. Seuss isn't good, but fucking WAP is, first of all, listen, I, I you guys. We're not going to do the WAP thing, are we? No, but I mean, it's, right. it's the same people that fucking you're. You're the ones listening to the radio. You know what I mean? You're the ones fucking choosing what is fucking popular music, and then. But at the end of the day, Grammy, the Grammys aren't the same thing as a goddamn kindergarten class. It's right. not the same fucking thing. All right. Yeah. So you know, in 2018, um, uh, a Dr. Seuss museum in Springfield, um, which is his hometown removed a mural that included an Asian stereotype, you know, one of these caricatures. Sure. Nobody, nobody cared. No, of course not. Nobody cared. So some of this is, some of this is, um, some of this is political theater. I mean, this is political theater. It's, it's political and, theater. Yeah, and and sure. I don't, you know, I don't want to, we don't want to talk about it on this show because that's not what we're about. We don't want to get into that here. We're t but, you know, Dr. Seuss is like, you know, is an, is a creator, uh, a storyteller and an artist from our youth. And, you know, to us, you know, that's, that's important. Um, and we can still go get the books. I mean, I went to, I'm it? still, I, I'm still going to watch how the Grinch stole Christmas every year. Like I, yeah. it, that doesn't change. I went to, uh, I had bought a frame, a picture frame from like a Joanne fabrics and I returned it. I returned one of them because it didn't fit the picture I had. And at the checkout, like literally right next to the checkout, there were Dr. Seuss books. And I was like, well, it. Ain't, ain't that canceled. So, yeah, yeah. You know, but I, I think it's I think it's ridiculous and I think it's incredibly um, humorous. Um, and also you can get these books, you know, the, the books that you want to read, you can get anywhere. Um, yeah, I have to ask my, my sister has um, our collection of like our family's collection of Dr. Seuss books from when we were growing up because, you know, she has my niece and nephew and I, I have three cats. So, yeah, <laughs> right. So she has the book. So I'm curious as to whether she even if these books even exist. I think if I ran the zoo probably is in that collection. But otherwise, a lot of these probably aren't even in those books. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Like, right. They're not even there. So it's silly. Um, another um, another follow up to uh, some cancel culturish nonsense that we talked about last episode. Um there was some there was some backlash to the Gina Carano firing, um, whatever firing. I don't even know. Like, can you fire someone who's not really con contracted for a show right now? You know what I mean? Like, if you're in between shows, are you even contracted? I don't know. But anyway, right, um, right. Uh, a, a lot of the um, a lot of the blowback was that people were going to cancel their Disney Plus subscriptions. So this backlash also much like cancel culture, not really a thing. Um, yeah. Disney Plus's subscriber base jumped from 35 million subscribers to 100 million subscribers Jesus in Christ. a year. Yeah, that's in insane. In one year. Um, that, is, that is now half of Netflix's subscriber base. Yep. 
That's a lot of people. Now that's a shit ton of people. You know, uh, almost a third of that comes from India, but nevertheless, that is Titanic growth. So, so the people that are getting their panties all bunched up and who were like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna get rid of Disney Plus because of Gina Carano," it's like, dude, if you don't want to watch the next season of uh, The Mandalorian, that's up to you. If you don't want to see the book of Boba Fett. Yeah, that's up to you. Like, yeah. if Gina Carano is right. more important. If Gina Carano is more important than the Book of Boba, yeah, I mean, like, seriously, you you fucking showed up to the Mandalorian for G. You were like, oh, is that the chick from Hotwire? Like, what was the name of the one fucking movie she starred right. in? Right? You know, what I mean, and like, nothing against Gina Carano, fucking great MMA fighter. You know, got fucking whooped by Cyborg, but Cyborg right on, right is on. a fucking monster. You know what I mean? But like, you know, her fucking. Opinions are stupid. Yeah, it, it's funny. I I know. Um, you, you just started watching uh uh, Silicon Valley, right? Like a few episodes of it, right? And and no spoilers, right? But uh, it, it's funny. There, you know who Gavin Belson is in the show. He's he's the 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 CEO and founder of Hooli, right? Oh yeah 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 that guy. Yeah that guy. And so he's on like a TED talk at some point where like he basically. Uh, you know, he's like, let me tell you about another group of free thinkers and financiers, right? That were like put down and made fun of because somebody's like, oh yeah, it's easy to not want to do whatever when you're a billionaire. And he's like, I'm tired of this prejudice because I have money. He's like, let me tell you about another group of people that were, uh, uh, you know, discriminated against and put down and, and everything. And they're like, are you comparing the plight of billionaires to the plight of Jewish people during the Holocaust? He's like, uh, yeah, some people would even say that billionaires have it worse because we didn't even do anything wrong. <laughs> yeah. uh. It's it's so funny, but it's like it's so prophetic, right? Because yeah. like, yeah, that's that's basically yeah. Just yeah. fucking don't compare your plight to the Holocaust. Yeah, we talked about this. Or, yeah, yeah, I mean, just don't. Yeah. <laughs> so. But now. But now, anyway. We need to do some. Uh, we need to do some mixed media. Ooh, movies, books, movies, and, books and TV and, and stuff, stuff and an A-track player and a VHS Betamax. Woo! What? Betamax, the superior format to VHS. We can get on that at another time. But, Laserdisc. Ooh, Laserdisc. The only format in which you could watch the original Star Wars trilogy the way it was intended to intended Ooh. to be seen in 720p. Nice. Yeah. 720p back in like 1983. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was probably like 79 or 80. Yeah, no, but I think I think the laser disc, like you could get uh you could get a laser disc full set of the trilogy for like a hundred bucks. It's 720p. I think I think the last version came out in like 95, but it's unedited. Fucking beautiful. Nice. Letter letterbox 720p. I'm gonna buy it, and then I just like I guess I gotta get a laser disc player. Or just frame it. I just frame it out. Yeah. But oh, just frame it out. to watch the original fucking trilogy one last time before frame, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. You heard it here first, folks. Wow. I bet you can find a cheap one. Biden bucks put to good use. Well, if you're getting those anyway. Um, so uh, WandaVision season one uh, Ooh, just yeah. wrapped up. It did. And um, I, I assume that we are both completely caught up. Oh, uh, yes. It all. All right, yes. Cool. Yep. So. Um, spoilers you know, ahead if you haven't finished it yeah if you haven't finished it I don't know what you're waiting for 
uh, but we're going to spoil it. Yeah. Um, a really interesting story about loss and grief. Yes. And sadness. Yes. Wrapped up in period television sitcoms. Yes. Which was instantly uh, something like instantly like a, a completely memorable format for a show. A hundred percent. And the storytelling was superb. And the way that they bring it back to not only is it just gitchy and like they're doing it in a sitcom format. Right. But to find out the reason, right, the reason why they're doing it, why Wanda's right. pain is wrapped up right. in this format, right? Like it's, it's Dick Van Dyke looking. Yes. Like how fucking fantastic. Not only it wasn't just because, OK, they did it because it was cool, but there's actual a, a, actually a reason to why this story is unfolding in this format, which I thought that really fucking that was chef's kiss for me that episode. Right. Oh, yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. So, but a- anyways, I, I digress. The well, story, the first, the first couple, the first couple episodes were really interesting. They were a lot of fun because they were period pieces, right? So the first episode was in the fifties setting, and the fifties black and white, and the second was like the sixties, and um, it it was just about Wanda and Vision having a life together, um. In this, in this, you know, this little town. Yeah. Um, and just trying to fit in. You know what I mean? Right. Hide their powers, right? Just kind of, you know. Right. Just be regular people. Yeah. And, you know, towards the end of, the, of each episode, you would get a little cutaway. And you would be like, you know, to like some, you know, some sort of like lo-fi radio setup or some like computer setup. And like, what's going on? Like. You know, because, you know, there, and we'll we'll come back around to this at the end, but there were a lot of rumors about what this was all going to be about. So it was very interesting to kind of see it play out. So the first couple episodes were really interesting because you don't really see, you didn't really get there yet. Yes. Yeah, it definitely no, takes, for sure. It definitely takes a couple episodes for you to actually start to even see it. And it's only like a nine episode season. So it's like a third of the season. You don't, it's really just intro and build up, which is a lot of fun. Yeah. Right. So. You know, Vision works at computational services and he doesn't even know what he does. Yeah. Um, but his, you know, but his buddy Norm is sitting next to him and, you know, they just, you know, they just don't know. But, he, you know, uh, you know, Vision's like a crack up and he's a lot of fun. And, um, you know, they meet their neighbors and um, they the the funniest part was how, like, you know, there's like a heart on the calendar and they don't know what it's for. They neither one of them can remember what it was about or whatever. But it was actually about like his boss coming over for dinner. Yeah, and they um, thought it was you know their anniversary. Their anniversary. So, yeah. so she comes down to like a nighty. And yeah. So you know it was a lot of fun. And then it starts to things start to get a little haywire, and Vision starts to become a little bit aware. Right. They all they, they all become a little bit aware. But, you know, Wanda becomes a little bit, um, you know, kind of put off by like how the set design, if you will, changes. Um, like, you know, who is doing this? I don't understand. I don't get it. And Vision is, you know, he's like he doesn't he's, he doesn't get it. Right. He's like, this, yeah. is, this is all weird. 
Um, you know, in by episode three, we see um oh geez, I'm trying to think of what's her name. Um Monica Rambo. Yes. So we see her for the first time, and she's, you know, her name is Geraldine. And then there's a quick, you know, by episode three, they like deliver boy. They like all of a sudden now they have kids. Yeah. Boom. And, you know, they Geraldine shows up and she says something about um Ultron. And Wanda's like, what? Yeah. Um, so she gets ejected. Uh Wanda uh forcefully ejects her from, you know, what you come to see as this um this dome, you know, of whatever magic. Yes. Um chaos magic. Chaos magic. Well, you know, you it'll come to be chaos magic. Yeah. Um, you know, they they find like the little sword helicopter that's in color while they're in black and white. So it's cool how they things start to kind of slowly unravel. Yes, and you slowly learn more and more and then you get introduced to the outside world of what's going on, right? With sword and and what Wanda's done in Westview, New Jersey, right? Right. Um and uh Right. You see some of that you see some recurring um some recurring characters like Jimmy Wu, um yep. who was an FBI agent. Um you see Kat Denning's character whatever her name is she was yep. you know from originally dates which is great because cat denning's character dates back to like some of the original thor movies thor movies, movies yeah yeah those were like the those were like some of the very first marvel movies outside of the outside of iron man yes um so it's it's interesting to see you know her her come back you know or, or at least continue her run um the boys develop powers yep. they go out for halloween and they bring uh, they bring Pietre back. Pietro Quick, shows yeah, up at the end. Quicksilver. I, I think yeah, it's episode four or five somewhere around yeah. there, right? And what's great is like uh, it's not uh, the actor that played Quicksilver in the uh, MCU, right? Right. It's the actor that played Quicksilver in the X Men uh, right. movies, who I I thought honestly was way better Quicksilver, right? Like. Um, yeah, and so it's not uh, it's not Aaron. Uh, what is it? Aaron Taylor Johnson. It's Evan Peters, who was in the X-Men uh, movies as Quicksilver. Yes. yes. Um, which is very interesting. And I think a lot of people um, were very, you know, both surprised and also happy that this was the twist. Right. Right. And I love that uh, that, you know, they they didn't shy away from it. They were like, did she recast? Right, right. Pat <laughs> Darcy is like, they recast Petro? Yeah, right, right. It was great. It was really great. It was funny. It was witty. It was well told. Um, and this is, you know, a lot coming from a show that I kind of immediately wrote off, right? Like, I was like, I'm not going to care about this right. at all, right? Um, because, you know. You jerk. I know, I know. But, you know, like, Scarlet Witch up until that point in, you know, Age of Ultron, you know, or whatever, like, meh. You know what I mean? I agree um, with you in that um, she was kind of meh and um, my partner Eve pointed this out too, which I thought was, you know, really good on her part. The chemistry between her and Vision is dull. Yes, for sure. For in sure. the Avengers movies. Yes. So like when you see them get together, it's just like, 
How does this even happen? Yeah, like, and and like the premise is that she's, you know, very distraught and destroyed uh, by the loss of vision, right? And at first, that's kind of hard to swallow because the chemistry wasn't necessarily there. Like, I mean, it took the show for me to be like, oh, yeah, she did have to watch Vision die twice. You know what I mean? Like, once True. once Vision died and they saved the world, right? And it was like, oh, Vision died for a reason. It sucks, but, it, you know, whatever. And then Thanos is like, nah. He's like, no, nah, I'm just going to do this thing where I turn time, time back for a minute. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to make him die again so that I can get the, um, uh, what is it? The, which stone, which stone is that? Uh, the mind stone. The mind stone. Yeah. So there, there's a lot of interesting layers there. And I, and I, I really, you know, I appreciate that. And then you start to see on the outside world, sword is very interested in the, in vision. Yes. Um, and then you have this flashback scene to when she comes to see vision and they've disassembled him and, um, they're, you know, deconstructing him and, um, you know, this is part, this is probably the trigger for her break, right? Yes. Right. Um, later on, we find this out, um, you know, gradually once we get to like, you know, episodes like six and seven, you start to see, um, vision really starts to start to question everything. You find him, he's on the outskirts of town. Yes. At Halloween. And, and, and on the you out, see, like these glitchy people. Yeah, the outskirts of town, like Wanda's powers are not as strong. She's not really paying attention so much to the outlying characters that nobody's really getting into, right? And so she's controlling everybody, everybody within this town. Yeah, I mean, and it's, But the interesting part there is he also runs across Agnes Harkness. Yes. In a car, and he... This is one of those things are, you know, much like her powers, his powers, I don't get either. Yeah. He does this I, little bit where he like snaps people out of whatever stupor they're in and they come to whatever they, wherever they're supposed to be. Like he does this with Norm and Norm is like freaking out. Yes. Like, did you got to help me? I got to find my family. Um, He does this to Agnes and Agnes is like, hey, you're dead. Yeah. You died. And, um. You know, it's pretty, you know, it's pretty weird for him. So by the end of episode seven, you realize that it's actually Agnes. She's the one's doing this. She, there's this there's this great little musical skit at the end of seven where yeah. she's like, you know, I did everything and I killed Sparky or whatever. You know, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And Agnes is the bad guy and, you know, or, or, or the bad of the episode or, or of the, the series. The big bad. The big bad, right? Potentially. And she, you, you find out that Agnes is... A, a witch, yeah, I mean, like from the historical sense of the word. But yeah, she's Scarlet, a Salem witch. Yeah, she's she's a straight witch. She understands Wanda's powers, even though Wanda doesn't understand her powers because Wanda has never been trained as right. a witch, right? So Agnes is a very powerful witch, but she's, you know, she knows how to do spells. She knows how to fucking use ruins and all this right. other Wards shit. Wards of protection. And yes. Yeah. So the, the interesting thing in, in, in episode seven and eight is you, 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 not only do you see the backstory of Agnes, but Agnes then precipitates this backstory of Wanda. Wanda. Yes. And this is where you see that her family had, you know, her dad sold VHS tapes and some of the VHS tapes that he didn't sell that they kept at home um, you know, when they were in Sokovia during like all these bombings and stuff. Yes. Were was like Dick Van Dyke. Yeah. We're sitcoms. Yeah. 
And it, this is where she, you know, fell in love with her favorite show, The Dick Van Dyke Show and Mary Tyler Moore and fucking, you know, DVDs of Malcolm in the Middle and stuff. And they're, they're you know, having a family, you know, movie night or a family TV show night watching Dick Van Dyke and a Stark Industries bomb fucking lands in the fucking living room and kills her parents and it's just her and Pietro, right? And the TV, right. like, and that's all that's left. And hence, like, why her fucking, her, she retreats to this world of sitcoms right. when fucking uh, faced with... Um, with death. With death and with loss, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. So then we get to, you know, we get to the finale, which is like, you know, the series finale. Um, and... Agatha kind of captures Wanda, wants to steal her chaos magic, you know, kind of points out that, you know, you possess chaos magic. This is who you are. Um, you know, you are the Scarlet Witch. And yes. which is great because this is the first time we actually get the the, you know, the code name. Yep. Scarlet we, Witch. Right. Um at the end of episode eight, uh Hayward uh from Sword activates the um the blank null vision yes who is all white yep uh in the reassembled you know in the reassembled body that was on the table when she kind of had her mental break um this is excellent because this ties into the old west this this ties into the west coast avengers story arc vision quest where vision was like wiped and he had no memories. And because he had no memories, all the color had been drained out of him. That was kind of how they, that was kind of the visual of it, right? Right, So they right. do the same thing here, which is great. I really appreciate that they kind of stuck to that canon. Um, you know, in episode nine, kind of all hell breaks loose where the witches are fighting amongst themselves. The visions are now fighting amongst themselves. Yep. Um, Monica Rambo is stumbles upon the basement and is captured by Pietro. But she has come in and out of the hex so many times that it's starting to change her molecular structure or whatever. Yes. And she's starting to have powers that she wasn't sure she, you know, she'd never had. And she is able to break free from Pietro um, or break Pietro free from Agnes. And you right. learn that like, he's just know, a dude that was in town. He's not really Pietro. He's, he's just a dude named Ralph Boner. Yeah. Right. Ralph Boner. Actor Ralph yes. Boner. Fucking Boner. Which is, which is funny. It's a very like interesting. Um, it's a very interesting thing. It's actually very similar to, um, the Mandarin. Yes. In Iron Man 3, who was just an actor. Not yeah. a, you know, not a real, not a not, real character. Not a real character, not a real supervillain, just a dude playing a role. So the visions fight. And so, of course, this is where we have like, you know, big budget fight scene. Right? Looks great. Looks, Looks so great. good. Looks so good. Fuck you, DC. Like, I, right? you know what I mean, like, come on, God damn it. It's so the, good. So the visions fight. And while they're fighting, they talk through uh you know the hex vision right the created vision yes talks through a paradox a scientific paradox with the vision yes and this is where he makes the new android vision realize that 
the magical vision is not the vision. Right. The android vision is the vision. And if he has to destroy the vision, he is whom he needs to destroy. Yes. And this this breaks him free of his programming. And this, you, you know, you kind of see this trope in other things, right? In, you know, Star Trek, and yeah. Doctor Who, and For you sure. know, whatever. You see this in all, all over sci-fi. Yeah, we've seen, he, we've seen it with Data a million times. <laughs> so so uh, the white vision bolts. He's just like, I'm out. He just, you know, he is, he has some memories fed to him by the, you know, the hex vision. And then he just splits. Yep. Wanda, um, I, I, I don't know how to describe this because they're just throwing magic at each other. And I don't understand, you know, it's like, right. Agnes yeah. is trying to capture this power, but it's probably that also trope where, you know, she gets fed too much power and can't control it. Um, but you get, we get to the really fun parts of the, of the finale where Agnes breaks everyone free from the control that Wanda has them under and, and really reveals that this is Wanda who's done all this. Yes. Right. This is, and you see, you know, you kind of see through some flashbacks how Wanda's grief and sadness uh, causes this mental break where she basically takes capture Westview, New Jersey and just turns it into a place for her because Westview, New Jersey is where this plot of land is that um, Vision had, I guess, bought them to build a house or whatever land to build a house like in New Jersey. Yes. Look, I'm going to be honest. If you're building a, house, a forever house, it ain't in New Jersey. All right. I don't know. Yeah, it depends. It. Maybe like Red Bank. <laughs> Red Bank is fire. You know what the I mean? The dirty like, jurors. Dirty jurors. Like, yeah. It was shouts, definitely. Shouts yeah. to my people in the dirty jurors. Fucking A. Fucking so, sh- shouts to those of you in Neptune City, New Jersey. So. Wanda, Wanda I've, I've got us a beautiful plot of land uh, right off the Atlantic City boardwalk. Fucking <laughs> so wanda um turns the you know turns the turns a trick on um agatha by learning runes by learning like wards and puts wards in her hex so that you know agatha can only do so much but she also she also frees everyone you know uh agatha frees everyone and so you see everyone kind of snap to themselves and they're like like you know Wanda, why, why, why are you doing, this? doing this? Where are my kids? Uh, where are my kids? Where's my <laughs> yeah. family? When I go to sleep, we have your nightmares. Yeah. So it's like you see her channeling her grief and her loss and her sorrow into all these people. Yep. And then we get to the weird part. They. Because all of this was perfectly normal up until this part. This right, yeah. is the weird part. Yes. Yeah. This is the, this is the weird part. <laughs> yes. Um. Wanda realizes that this is this is a mess and she's got to let this go. So she, you know, says goodbye to the twins. Yep. Um, and then she says goodbye to Vision. Uh, you know, but it's never really goodbye. It's, you know, for every goodbye, there's a hello. And and that was like I kind of choked up there. I was like, oh, that's real sad. Oh. It was it was really sad. That's sad. I I did not get choked up. I I'd seen a lot of people like this was the saddest thing I've ever seen. And I it was wasn't like, the yeah. saddest thing ever, but it was good. It was no fucking end of gladiator. Was, I appreciated that it. T- 
<laughs> Fuck you. Every man listening to this show right now has fucking choked up when they were like, who will help me carry him? And you're like, I fucking carry you, Maximus. <laughs> so, you, you know, after everything wipes away, Sword and all the troops come in and, you know, I'm, I'm sure I missed something, but whatever. Um, which is why you should watch it and not right, just which listen. Is why yeah, 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 yeah. Base everything on us. Yeah, right. Darcy's Cat right. uh, Dennings. Darcy um, crushes Hayward, and they end up arresting him because he, he's like, I don't know why, because he's doing government stuff that governments, you know, do. Yeah, They're yeah, like, right, right. We want to have our own superpower being that has like billions of dollars of vibranium, you know, in him, and so we want this. Um, but you know, Monica Rambeau comes up to her and, you know, she, you know, they, they kind of free all these people and she, there's this line that is just like, I, what the, f she says to, she says to Ma or she says to Wanda, they'll never know what you sacrificed for them. Yeah. Which is, and this the, is their fake husband, her fake husband and fake children, her right? magically created husband yeah, and children who were delivered in like a day. Right, right. And then like grew up in a week. You know what grew I mean? Grew up like, in like a week. Yeah. And, you know, for like the hundreds or thousands of people that you took hostage in this magical hex town. Yes, right, To be right. like, they'll never know yeah. what you sacrificed to hold them hostage for like a week yeah. or whatever. The one person was like, the one lady was like, I, I want to see my kids. Her real kids. Her right. real not hex magic, not chaos magic, you know, created, gestated in three hours children, right? Like her real children. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, they'll never know what you sacrificed. She sacrificed nothing. Like literally nothing. That's that's literally what the word sacrifice means. She gave up nothing because nothing was real. Still yeah. a sad ending. I get the emotional level of it, but Well that wasn't that wasn't like the worst. I mean you know that was like one A of like weird fuckery here. Right. One B was she captures Agnes and traps her as the character, the 50s character Agnes. Yes. The only catch is how do you do that if the entire hex collapses on itself and removes everyone? You free all the people that you took hostage. Except the kids get for erased. Her. Except right, for right, her. Right, right, right. Except, Except for, for her. Yes. So, like, how are you doing that? I don't know. But anyway. Um, well, she's. They say that the yeah. They say in the in the show. I I didn't do any research on this, but the Scarlet Witch has a greater power than the Sorcerer Supreme, right? Right. She does. She does point this out in 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 this the book this book of magic, the Dark Hold that she reads from back to front. Yes. She points out that you know you're the you're the Scarlet Witch. You you have all this chaos magic. You'll you'll. You, the, the prophecy is that you'll become more powerful than the Sorcerer Supreme. The end scenes, there are two. They I don't know. They call it mid-credits, the end scenes. Yeah, whatever, yeah, Easter right, eggs. right. There's one where, um, you know, Monica gets that's, taken that's into... That's my favorite one. Into a she theater. She gets taken into a theater, and she's... Talking she, to an FBI or CIA she's talking agent. She's an FBI agent that becomes a Skrull who we've seen in Captain Marvel. Right, and which says is that dope. Her, a friend of her mother's wants to meet her. And she goes, well, kind of where? And she just kind of points up. Yep. 
And so this refers to the actual sword uh, base, which is actually um, a space station that orbits Earth. This is actually canon. And this is where, at the end of Captain Marvel, you see Nick Fury. He, he's in this space station that becomes Sword's, um, you know, headquarters. Yes. So this is going to be interesting because this is going to probably lead into the Secret Invasion uh, show that's going to actually be, that's going to actually have um, Samuel Jackson's Nick Fury in it. So there will be some secret, it'll, look, it's going to be a disappointment. And I say that from someone who has the Secret Invasion miniseries comics in the other room and just read them, reread them the other day because I'm going to actually probably get rid of them because they're all just basically reader copies. They're not like really nice copies or anything. For sure. But that storyline, the buildup to that storyline took them years in canon and they're going to screw it up because it was so good and included so many characters. Um, that they'll never do it right in a miniseries, a 10-episode miniseries based on just Nick Fury. But, you know, they'll give it a try. Yeah. And, it, you know, it'll it'll be probably worth watching. I think if, despite all the naysayers on this show, right, which were like half of <laughs> us, I think half of us were like, this show is going to be good. Yeah. WandaVision was fantastic. I Does... Does uh does Winter Soldier start tomorrow? Is it is it is it three nineteen? Yes. Winter Soldier Woo. starts tomorrow, so we'll Let's get to go, that. Let's go because WandaVision was really good. I'm fucking in on this next yeah. one, right? Like, so let me let me let me cut to a future and perfect real fast. I mean, the, well, let me do this. Let me, we'll do a quick segue. The last end credit scene, the last end credit scene is uh, Wanda uh, somewhere in somewhere in a secluded location. Drinking, you know, she's sitting on a porch and then the, the kettle uh, whistles at her and she goes in to make some tea. But in the other room is her like astral projection. Yes. Right. Going through the dark hold. Uh, and this is and then at some point she hears like her astral projection, hears her children calling out for her, her magical children calling out for her, whatever. Um, but this is where stuff gets really good because you start to see her become a more of an omega level mutant that um is kind of the linchpin of many really, really good story arcs like the house of M and some of these yes. other story arcs, which is, yep. I think where we're going to go. And I think the multiverse of madness, the Dr. Strange movie is going to really get into that. And so that's, that's, and I think that's how they're going to introduce the whole concept of mutants because in the MCU, they haven't really existed yet, even though Quicksilver and Scarlet witch are both mutants, but they don't talk right? about it, but they don't talk about it. Right. So they don't talk about what a mutant is and, and, right. Yada, yada, yada. So they do have to ease that into uh, the MCU. And I think, yeah, I think Doctor Strange's multiverse movie is going to be a, a good way to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So a couple of things that we talked about in um, episode 31. Uh, we talked about a bunch of rumors that we thought were going to happen on this show. Um, uh, the big bad would be Agatha Harkness. We were right about that, or at least the rumors were right about that. The Quicksilver appearance was you know, right and wrong, um, right. which is good. Um, the white, uh, reset version of vision was, was, was spot on. Um, some of the other rumor rumors that we'd heard, uh, a Dr. Strange appearance didn't happen. No. Um, the big bad being Memphisto, um, did not happen, which makes perfect sense. Now that you're starting to see a more Omega level mutant powered, 
uh, Wanda, why would Mephisto care about like a kind of piddly? Yeah, even with what she displayed in Chaos Magic, it's like it's it's below Mephisto. Still right. at this point, it is below beneath right. Mephisto's but concern. We're getting to that point. Yeah. Yes. where he's going to want to take notice. So, um, so, so really good. I mean, I, I thought it was excellent. Um, most of the reviews and ratings for the show were, were really good. I mean, you know, seven, eight out of 10 type of stuff. Yes. Um, I agree. I really liked it. I don't care that they swerved you on some stuff. There was actually, there's actually a ton of missing footage that makes up a quote unquote episode 10. Cause most of these series are actually 10 episodes. Um, but some things got cut off because of the COVID pandemic that they weren't able to do stuff. They, they weren't able to get to everything in time. Um, so th this, this, this probably should have been 10 episodes, but it was only nine. Um, but still really good. I mean, it was, you know, I'm I, yeah, no, I'm, def I'm definitely, you know, in the, in the seven, eight category on it. I thought, you know, from a storytelling perspective, just a, you know, straight, like, you know, forgetting Canon, forgetting, you know, the, the comic book lore that it's based off of. It's a, it's really done well. The storytelling pacing and everything in it is, is really worth watching. Absolutely. I totally agree. Um, so couple future perfect notes while we're here, just because you talked about Falcon and Winter Soldier that starts tomorrow. Y'all you're going to love this. Um, one of the one of the main villains that we heard uh, previously was Batroc the Leaper, uh, or I used to call him Batrock, but Batroc the Leaper. Uh, you'll never guess who's playing Batroc the Leaper. Mm, Ray Doesn't Park. matter. You don't know. George St. Pierre. Oh, wow. OK. All right. Well, he was in the Winter Soldier. Uh, he might have been one of the like the security ish people. Yeah. In, yeah. in the way, but he's actually going to be playing Batroc the Leaper, which I okay. thought was awesome. I thought I nice. figured you'd like that. Yeah, for sure. That's pretty dope. Yeah. Um, some of the rumors that I've been seeing are suggesting that a lot of the footage that you've been seeing in the trailers are for just episode one. Oh, that'd be fucking crazy. That'd be wild. So they, uh, you know, that is the suggestion that a lot of this stuff is just episode one. So you're not seeing a lot. Um, they're also suggesting that uh, Omega Red is going to be in this Ooh. because they're going to be in Madripoor um, ultimately. So there's talk that, that Omega red is going to be in this, which would be pretty amazing. That'd be uh, good. Yeah. Be considering a, he's a segue to mutants. Yep. Uh, for and sure. B, he's pretty serious. Yeah. So like to see them fighting a guy like that and Batroc the leaper would be pretty interesting. It would be, be very cool. Um, Bring in so, alpha flight at that point. Stop it. <laughs> that ain't happening. I'd love to see who's going to play punk. Yeah, right. For sure. Right. Oh um, my God. So, but that could be a segue to, um, black widow. That could be a segue to some of the mutant stuff, um, especially Wolverine. So you never know what's going to come out of that. Probably nothing, but you know, because I don't want to get my hopes up and, and I, I, I'm assuming that they're going to swerve people. Um, some of the other rumors to keep an eye on that we discussed in episode 31 when we talked about all kinds of Marvel rumors. Um, William Hurt's Thunderbolt Ross is rumored to be in this somewhere, especially because of the new U.S. agent, the new quote-unquote Captain America. Um, it's more than likely he's going to be controlled by Thunderbolt Ross. Um, one of the things we talked about, would we see, which we probably won't because it would be too much, would be a Red Hulk sighting. Yeah, that would be insane. No way are uh, they jamming that in there. I'm gonna there's say, no way it's going to happen no in season one, um, but it would be awesome. But anyway, probably not. Um, also, uh, we've also heard that Emily Van Camp's agent Sharon Carter, uh, Agent 13, 
is going to be in this series at some point. There's some suggestions that she could be a double agent um, that could be working with Baron Zemo. Okay. Who we know is in this. Yeah, right, right. Season one. Um, some theories date back to Captain America Civil War, where you see some shenanigans that may or may not be able to be tied to this. I think it's interesting. It adds some intrigue. Um, so I think that that'd be a lot of fun. Will it happen? Probably not. You never know. Um, but you got to, you know, we'll see. Um, I, I think it's going to be, be, it's going to be interesting. It's going to get back to some of that kind of civil war Falcon and winter soldier kind of action that we've seen in the past. And so, um, I think it's going to be good and you're going to kind of see them kind of be reluctant buddies, which I think is going to be fun too. Um, so yeah. I think it's going to be good. And by the time this episode comes out, it'll probably be three days after uh, you know, Falcon and Winter Soldier drop. And you guys will be like, what a bunch of fucking assholes. They were wrong about everything. Yeah, I mean, uh, Red, Red Hulk, Red Hulk, episode one, right? Like, yeah. I was, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, uh, another thing that I totally forgot about that happens um, today, not tomorrow. I thought it was t- tomorrow, but today. Uh, the Snyder Cut. Snyder Cut's out. Snyder Cut's out on HBO Max. Yeah. So uh, we'll we'll get to that at some point. Um, only some of that Snyder Cut's probably out. And I doubt the whole thing was out. I, I My understanding, and we discussed this before, was that it would only be several episodes. That would be done over several, two, maybe three episodes, let's say. Um, the last teaser trailer uh, had the Joker. It yeah, had, I know, which was kind of cool. Yeah, it had, Which was super cool. It had uh, Dark Side and his Omega Beams, which was also super cool. Super cool, yeah. Um, so there was a lot of stuff going on there. Um, and Dark Side looked pretty awesome. Some he- of the stuff that I've heard about um, what um, what Snyder and Jim Lee from DC wanted to do uh, ultimately over a couple of movies was just Chef's Kiss, awesome. Um, we're not going to oh. get to see that. Um, there's talk that there might be a comic book. Right, but where they I mean, kind of touch this, where, they, where they kind of go through this arc, um, but um, you know, there's need, a lot of upheaval at DC right now, so they need to not. bounce. They need to bounce back from Wonder Woman '84 for sure. Yeah, you know I mean, like that's that's just kind of what needs to happen. Yeah, so we got a lot of stuff to catch up on, and we'll have some things to touch on, you know, in future episodes. So um, you know, tune back in. Um, I mean, there's going to be a lot of stuff we didn't even get to cover here that. Yeah. We're nah. gonna have to double back on. So, man. we're gonna we're gonna get back to it. We'll talk to you all again in probably about a week or so. That's it. We've been rolling out every every two weeks. We've been kind of good on the biweekly so far. You know what I mean? Twenty twenty one is a new year. It's a new from the outside looking in where we talk about more shit more often. So, uh, you know, fuck fucking a. There's and there's a lot of good stuff coming up. So, fucking it it works out. We're still a lot gonna of good try content, to- and we'll be here for you. And we're still going to try to fucking fit in a wrestling episode at some point. You know what I mean? Like, that shit is going to happen. Patience, young Padawan. Yes, 100%. But as always, thanks for coming by. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for stopping in. And thanks for talking to us for a little bit. And if there is one thing that I have learned in my, uh, I don't want to say brief or long, but my medium amount of time on this earth, people, one lesson that I could bestow upon you before we say goodbye for the evening is you cannot look me 
in the eye and tell me with a clear conscience that Abdullah the Butcher didn't in at least some minute way have something to do with Bruiser Brody's death. Whether that was arguing over the territory in Puerto Rico, right? 5% of that fucking territory, that, that, that's what he owned was 5%. You tell me that Abdullah the Butcher fucking had nothing to do with it and you're, I, I can't fucking believe you. That's all I got. Deuces. Deuces. Deuces.